Welcome to East Meets West, episode 408. I'm Tom Merritt. And I'm Roger Chang. Ah, we missed October. How'd that happen? We did. We missed it by two days. Missed it by that much. And that much being two days. I know. It's kind of like going to the bank. It's like, I missed paying my mortgage by two weeks. I almost two months. said, should we? And then I realized we're, we're talking about this show. Do you think we will do a second November episode? It depends on how full of turkey you are after Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's true. I, I may be very full of turkey. I realized that we October is our actual like anniversary of the show month. Yes. I, I drove over to your house on off slope. Was uh, it off slope? Yeah, no, it was a Noriega. Noriega, that was it. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those strips of In San Francisco, street. Noriega Street. Noriega Avenue? Is it an avenue? No, the the numbered streets are avenues. Noriega yeah. was a street. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it was a very interesting time, I think, because here we are. What we did that in two thousand sixteen years ago. Sixteen years, old enough to drive a car. Yeah, East meets West can now drive a car. Well, it can't, and but it well, was and, old enough to and, get a and, license. Were it a human. And in California, I think you can work. Like you can apply for a uh, work license at you sixteen. You can't work if you're younger than sixteen. I th- I don't think you can legally unless it's your parents' place. Really? Huh? Because I know it differs from state to state. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, but I know I just remember when I was in high school, people were signing up to get their little thing so they could work at sixteen. Like, oh, I'm going to go work at the. Got shocks or or, or you, you know, know that, payless shoe source. That sounds familiar because I started working. I started working in the radio station in 1986, and I remember the general manager of the radio station saying, "Well, it's a good thing you're 16. The law says you have to be 16 to get a job. Otherwise, you have to go through a bunch of extra paperwork." In fact, the law says you have to be 16. And, and if you read it the way it's written, uh, anybody older than 16 wouldn't be allowed to work. Ha, 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 ha. It was, it was very much against that, that kind of regulation. But he seemed to imply that I could have worked if I was younger than 16, if it, but it would have been a hassle. It would have been a hassle, and I, I know you needed a work, at least from my high school, you needed a work permit because there was a tax, it was a tax thing, and you were limited on the number of hours you could work. You yeah, couldn't yeah. work like I a Yeah, I think fl- that's what it was. I think you had to have a, per- your parents had to fill out something, making sure that they were aware, and then there was a tax and all that, but honestly, I think I was, I think I was 15 when I started, but it was within the year that I turned 16, maybe, is that why he didn't have to do it? I don't know. I but my pay was three dollars and thirty five cents an hour. That was the minimum wage at the time. I yeah, I I just remember one of my classmates was really excited because he had to pay taxes. It's like why? It's like well because I I worked the entire I worked in for an entire year and I have to. It's like it's like you probably didn't make enough and you probably could just do whatever the the simple form is. Because well, did he not I mean, do the simple form. I don't know. What the, it sounds I don't like know he what, was excited that he had had a big enough job to pay that he. he had I think he about. was excited that he was a man at that point in his life because yeah, yeah. he I, had a job. You sound you sound like you're you're looking down on this person. I, I feel I'm like not looking reasonable. down on. Him. I just found it very puzzling because I was working for my parents. You know, yeah. uh, why a pro isn't everyone bono. exactly like you? Yeah. Why aren't they? Why aren't they just <laughs> toiling away on the weekends? 
Washing dishes. Oh, like work is special. It's my life. It's my life. That's it. Well, I do remember farm kids. Kids and farms were exempt, so you could work the family farm or and stuff, and you didn't you didn't fall under the same uh, labor regulations. yeah, I remember that. My uh, one of my best friends uh, grew up on a hog farm, and he would hold it over me that he had to work. The hog? No, he wouldn't hold a hog. Oh, over me. he would hold it over me that he had to work. On a sorry, hog. Tom. He had to ride can't, a hog while, while working. I can't dilly dally. I got to be at work. <laughs> yeah, he was like, you know, I'd I'd complain about something dumb. And he'd be like, well, I have to slop the hogs at daybreak in the morning. And I'd be like, all right, Mike, fine. Yes, your life is worse, okay? I have, I have ran, I, I ran into more than a few people I, uh, I knew in, in my school who were either working at, like, grocery baggers mm-hmm. or at the mall. Like, they were working, at, like, at an apparel store. Because uh, you kind of grew up working in your parents' restaurant. Uh, from what I understand, when did most kids get their first jobs? Did did most kids get their jobs in, when they turned sixteen, or was it? I know there was a lot of I know I know there was a lot of teens that applied for work as bussers, mm-hmm. and they were in the seventeen to eighteen category. So I would say around seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, because I feel like there was a group of kids who did like grocery bagging, like you're you're talking about. There were some kids who would get jobs. There were a lot of kids who were like you. They just worked at their parents' store or restaurant or or whatever. Um, but even though we were a small town and, and not a particularly wealthy town, I feel like it was mostly just the farm kids that worked. Um, I don't know. Maybe because we had a college and there were a lot of college professors' kids who didn't get jobs, but... I don't know. I guess I guess everybody got part time jobs. Even my my because I'm thinking my girlfriend, her parents were worked at the college, and she got a job at a clothing store part time. But it was only like four hours. I mean, I think getting a job was part of the high school experience. I mean, if you remember Fast Times at Ridgemont High, that was one of the things. Yeah, yeah. That 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 you were doing at the mall. my, My dad said, "You want a car? Get a job." Like, I'm I'm not buying you a car. But a lot of there were like a certain amount, maybe 10, 15% of people in my t- town bought their kids' cars. Most most kids didn't, though. Most kids had to... I mean, it was... My school was kind of... I wouldn't say my school. Maybe it was my school. Maybe the town was weird, but there was a very clear delineation between folks who had professionals for parents because they were upper middle class and then people who had working class backgrounds. And there wasn't a very... Cl- there wasn't a very good blend. It was a very you know, disparate sectioning off of people because people. Yeah. We, we had farmers. uh, Yeah. We had uh, plenty of those college, college associated people and the rest of us. That's how I, that's how I remember it. I don't People may remember it differently than me, but that's, that's how I remember it. It was like, there were the farm kids and then there was the, the college, the kids whose parents worked for the college uh, and they were mostly free Methodist because it was a free Methodist college. So we called them the FMs for free Methodist. Uh, and then there was the rest of us. It's it's kind of weird because I only knew kind of class related how people how people shook out based on how they spent their summer vacation. Right. Like I knew a couple of people who 
their their parents were either like medical professionals. They weren't doctors, but they worked in like in the hospital mm-hmm. doing admin work. Another set were attorneys. It's like, yeah, we just got back from Aruba. We spent like uh, three weeks there, you know, went scuba diving. Other people, it's like, yeah, I went to go see my, you know, went down to L.A. to go visit my grandmother. And then we came back after a week. That was my summer Nobody. vacation. Nobody. I don't remember anybody taking like coming back to school in and, and anybody talking about taking like a fancy vacation. Like all the vacations oh. were like, oh, we went to Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri or Branson or Silver Dollar City or down to Kentucky Lake or maybe up to Chicago. Some people would go up to Chicago, but I don't remember anybody ever talking about going to even New Aruba. York, LA, That's, much less Aruba or someplace like well, that. This is what gets me. Aruba Gen- is on the Gen- other side of the country. Mm-hmm. It's closer to just go. And like a lot of people, like yeah, not a lot of people, but you know, not an insignificant number Actually, of people. Disney say, World. There were Disney World people would go go, go to well, Disney World, not Disneyland, because we were closer to that. I remember there were a couple of people who came back. Oh yeah, we went to Hawaii. Um, oh, a couple yeah. went to Mexico because well, you were closer to Hawaii. So. Yeah. Well, For that's us, what Hawaii got me. Was like, ooh, that's a honeymoon destination. Well, like, that's what got me about Aruba. It's like on the other side of the country. It's yeah, not, right. For us, Aruba would have been closer. It's still expensive to fly there, but we're closer than Hawaii. But um, you know, doing the overseas, like it's always weird to say overseas, but just flying over the water was somehow a bigger deal than like if you just ended up the country. In, oh, that uh, was a that was a scary thing. It wasn't even a. A fancy thing. That was a like, oh, why would you do that? Leaving the country, how frightening. And I did that. I that's a, that's what I remember up. growing up anyway. That is is how it felt. I'm, I remember people talking about, oh, Roger, you have a passport. You guys are so rich. It's like, no, <laughs> I just have a lot of family. That it doesn't I'm cost that much to, to get the passport. It, the, no, no, but the, the, the implication is, is like traveling. Yeah, you get yeah, on the you plane must be and a going world traveler. Yeah, it's like if you t- if I told you what I did during my summer break, you would laugh at me. I sat in my uncle's apartment. I looked after his fish, and I we went around go, and sweated yeah, a lot. Yeah, we w- we would go to, we would take like a a week or two, and we would go to either Kentucky Lake, Lake Barkley down in Kentucky. We might go to Silver Dollar City over in Missouri, Springfield, Illinois. I think we we vacationed up there once. Uh, but most of every summer I spent in the backyard, like uh, playing with, with the babies from down the street, maybe we're playing wiffle ball and just, just bumming around. Like we didn't do anything except when for I that kid, one kid, but until, until I got the job in the radio station, but until I was 16. Yeah. I really except for much. that one. Yeah. Except for that one year I spent in Taiwan for like, like three and a half months. I spent all my summers going to summer school because my dad was very adamant. I try to get get as much schoolwork done as possible. Uh, yeah, I don't know that so we summer even school had summer school. We probably did, but I remember That's summer I school felt like something that was for people getting punished. And the way it is, kind of kind of sucks because it's hot. But I I do remember it's where I got my driver's ed and I had to take a couple of other courses like health. Like they they were minor courses, but I had to take them to graduate, and it's like, well, I'm just taking summer school, so I'm not killing out my regular year with classes I don't need. Yeah, we uh, we had vacation Bible school. I went to that when I was really young. That was basically just like a week of free daycare. Well, not free. That my I think they had to pay for it, but it was like a week of daycare for my. What did they feed you? 
I don't really remember. I was really young. That was like when I was yeah. five and six. I, I peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm always curious to know what kind of food they serve uh, kids at different daycare centers. Like I got, I got like a, I went to Little Lights Preschool, which was like a Chinese American mm. preschool when I was about that age. And they served me like this rice dish with purple yams. It was really gross. Like even by like Asian kids standards, it wasn't that great. But I just remember all the food I ate, I didn't like. You mean taro? Purple yams? Maybe. I just remember it being purple. Like mm. the, <laughs> the dish was purple. There was rice in it. And that was it. That sounds good. It's probably a sweet you know potato what? of some kind. It wasn't not sweet. It was very bitter. Very bitter. All right. All right. It smelled great, but it was very bitter to the taste. So they either tried to remove all the sugar so our teeth wouldn't run out, or mm. it was something very healthy, and my dad would probably approve. Uh, I don't know. It's it's weird because as soon as you hit college and you have to work, at least I had to work, uh, to, to cover expenses. Then work suddenly became less glamorous and very annoying. Oh gosh, yeah. What was your what was your college jobs? So I had three. I had uh, one. I worked at the pier. I worked at the pier for a while. I worked at the Butterflies by Nancy, and I sold dead butterflies in acrylic cases as well as dead bugs in uh, framed cases. And then I worked at um, I worked at the Exploratorium. Mm. And uh, that was working, serving out uh, the the food, the cafeteria and the exploratorium. And that job was much better because this is an exploratorium, so I could go in whenever I wanted. Um, and that was cool because you occasionally saw like the odd celebrity, like Robin Williams was a, was a regular, if not frequent visitor oh, cool. to the exploratorium. And then like my sister saw Tracy Ullman, and I swear to God I saw... So- I don't remember the person's name, but I think they were from a an old soap opera hmm. that were there. But well, so this is this is what was exciting. I talked to a lot of tourists because they all had questions about the Exploratorium. And since the Exploratorium is only staffed by like five, like eight adults, and the rest of them are kid, teenagers that are part of the you know enrichment program that they uh, get mm-hmm. for their summer. Like, none of them really knew anything much about the, the Palace of Fine Arts. And since I'm already in school and I had just completed a course in San Francisco history, I could regale them about tales of how giant blimps were constructed on the very grounds in which they stood. Did All of it being make, make up stuff. That's totally made up. There were no blimps made at the yeah. Palace of Fine Arts. It was created for the World's Fair. And I said, like, you know, like, depending on the person, I would either BS them or I'd be totally truthful. Yeah. <laughs> Because I was a snot, but it was always fun to see their eyes like oh, wow. as they look up. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. Giant blimps. Yeah. yeah, you could still see some of them today if you look close in the sky. Um, but it, so it wait, was really uh, the butterfly place, the 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 exploratorium, and what was the other one? Uh, I'm trying to remember the third one because I remember. Oh no, that was the uh, Olive Garden. That was the third one. Uh, Olive right, Hospitaliano. We had a songbook. They gave me a songbook. I wish I, I wish I would have kept it, but it had all the songs you had to memorize. You would even sing inside the kitchen. That was their pep song to get everyone excited about working. It's like, dude, I just cleaned out both bathrooms. I cleaned out the drink station. I just carried in around 80 pounds worth of dishes um, because the waiters would take the dirty plates and they would just stick them on this uh, giant tray that you're supposed to do this and carry it over your shoulder. And I thought it was the weirdest thing, but it 
it, it, it you realize, and it's really interesting because you you build sort of a camaraderie with certain people uh, in that in that particular workplace, and it was very interesting because there was it's just like high school, it's just a lot of gossip. Yeah. Who wants to get what job? You know, or, or what position and how the GM used to be a really cool boss until the company made him GM. Now he's a total dick, you know, and all this stuff. And like, ah, it's just really weird and how crappy everyone got paid. And I got, I mean, I made like five bucks an hour, but uh, I got, it made up, I, I made up for it in tips. I came home with at least 90 to 100 bucks a night in tips. I didn't get tips at very many jobs. Most of my jobs were flat, flat rate. The the radio station never never gave me tips uh, in high school. I got tips as a delivery driver for Pizza Hut. That Sometimes. seems like wait, <laughs> they stiffed the you. That seems Sometimes. like a normal thing to do is to tip the pizza guy. Yeah, uh, uh, not everybody uh, knew that that was mm. a normal thing to do. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I did I did get tips. Well, um, let me ask you this. What were the perks of that job that made it worthwhile besides getting the paycheck? Well, money mostly. I mean, it was, I was in high school and on summer break from college. Those were the, when I worked there. Uh, So mostly it was the, it was the money, but uh, there was some free pizza involved. Um, I think actually, no, you know, that I say that I didn't never, I never worked at pizza hut in high school. I worked the summer after high school after graduation and and then the summer after that when i was back there was only one summer i came home to greenville that was between my freshman and sophomore year in college rest of the time i was working for the radio station in in champagne so i stayed up there and worked for them all right let me advance your timeline what was your first like career job like after you like i'm out of university i now can get a real job instead of these part-time jobs to pay for my education I, well, half, honestly, my first career job was the radio station in, in, in high school. Oh, that's great. Considering what I'm doing right now. Right. Uh, so I, I had the radio station in high school it was not a high school radio station. It was a country radio station, just a regular radio station that I got a job at. Then there was the radio station in college, but out first to, to kind of get to where I think your question was was pointing my first job out of college was half price books hmm. and and that's not a career job though but it was a full-time job i wasn't doing anything else after i uh, left graduate school and i became assistant manager at the store uh, so really career-wise out of college my first job would have been zdtv yeah i mean that was mine because i was I was interning, and yeah. my internship occurred the summer I graduated from college, and they just so happened to hire me. I think partially because I was done with school, because they need, they were looking to hire a couple of interns, but they needed to do, them to be done with school, like uh, graduated college. So I, it, it was, it was almost too convenient. I literally started this internship. I graduated, and a month, uh, two months, two and a half months later, they hired me at the end of the summer. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I had worked at the University of Illinois Library, not as a student worker, as a regular, you know, civil servant. The University of Illinois hired the public to to work at its libraries with a with a civil service test. Um, 
So, I mean, I had a lot of not student jobs while, while I was a student, if that makes any sense. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't my, know, school my, is student, just... my student jobs were all in college, I think. Like well, on campus. I did, I did wait some tables at Greenville College for an event once. That was a student job. Uh, but, yeah, I worked in the, the dining hall, the, the dormitories dining hall at U of I. That was a student position. And I worked, uh, I worked as a research assistant for a psychology professor, um, helping him like collate all of his, his research stuff. That was a, that was a student job. I think those are the only student jobs I had though. I never wanted to, I knew a couple of people who worked on campus, but I was like, well, SF state's really not a campus you want to stay on after you're done with your right, classes because right. there's nothing going on. And so it was, uh, it was very much my prerogative to be away from school and somewhere else. Originally, it's weird because I was originally looking at work like in the Mission or in the Castro where all the fun stuff was happening, right? Because that's what you do. Like in like if you go to UC Berkeley, there's Telegraph Hill. And there's plenty of university students who work at one of the various, like whether it's a restaurant job or a retail job or something. Because that's where the that's where the vibe was for all the the the, the college age kids, and in San Francisco it was like in church, church on on Market and and between church and uh, Castro and then on Mission, because that's where all the happening stuff was happening. That's why it was called the happening stuff, because it was yeah. happening there. Such a such a f- sophisticated vocabulary from a four year with a four year degree. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of jobs. And until I until I got to ZDTV, and then I then I calmed down. I actually, you know, that's not true. Half Price Books. I worked at Half Price Books for six years, and I don't think I had any other paying jobs after I took that job. I did a lot of temp work in Austin before I worked at the bookstore, though. Let me ask you this: Have you ever? Did you ever feel like you wanted to go to work? Not just like because I need to to survive, but like, hey, I enjoy the environment. I enjoy my coworkers. I enjoy the Always. social atmosphere. Yeah. In fact, there there are only a couple of jobs where I didn't feel that way. Yeah, I can only say CNET was the only one I didn't feel that way about it. It's like you I gotta go to work. Feel that way about CNET? I did not. I did not yeah. feel like socializing with anyone, and like every time I went in there, it was just like I gotta be here because it pays my rent. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't because like I felt some. Like, whoa, this is an opportunity for me to do great and wonderful things. This is just more of a... Yeah, the temp jobs were definitely like that. But that they were also temp jobs, so you kind of don't get invested because, yeah. you you know, it's not going to last. Um, one of them was a call center, which was just awful, you know. Um, but... Uh, Wait, were you, were you fielding calls or calling people? No, we were calling people about... It was a survey thing. It wasn't a sales uh, thing. Um, there, I did a sales thing for one day in college and then quit immediately. I never got paid for that. Um, that that definitely I didn't enjoy, but that's why I did, only did it for one day. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like I, Most of my jobs, any of the jobs that I had for any significant amount of time, I enjoyed. I enjoyed going in. I enjoyed the people I worked with for the most part. With occasional exceptions, of course, I think like any place, but, but yeah, yeah. like I, it's, it's weird because I'm, I'm fortunate because I, I've, I know for more than a, 
few people just who just really detested big big stretches of their their uh, working lives, working at places they didn't want to be at, yeah. but they needed to be at. And it's weird because I think I think eighty percent of it has to do with the uh, the work the workplace environment. Like if it's if there are people you work with you totally get along with, and there's a very kind of uh, congenial atmosphere, it's great. But if it's if you always feel like you're walking on eggshells and you got to deal with other people's issues, then it just becomes a, a big I, stress. There have been a lot of places I worked at where there were people with issues, but there were always there was always something else about it that I'm like, yeah, but this part's really fun. And that would keep me motivated. Like at CNET, there, there would be these things that I would have to deal with, whether it was sales stuff or, or, or videos that I was like made to do that weren't my idea or whatever. There were always those kinds of things, but, but there was always something else like buzz out loud in CNET's case that I was like, Ooh, but that's really fun. So it, it balanced things out. Yeah, no. Because when I started at CNET, I was I was doing entirely different work, and I was not enjoying it. And I was going to leave. I was going to go and work with you and Patrick at at uh, DLTV, and then they stopped me, and they were like, "No, we we want to keep you." And they they put me on CNET TV, and then I was like, "Oh, this is fun. Okay, so now I, I'm doing less of the stuff I don't enjoy, sitting in meetings and having arguments about you know what font should be used on a page, and a lot more of the fun stuff." Yeah, that place really kind of swung different ways for different people. Yeah, yeah. Well, it all depended on what you were doing, right? I know, because I thought I would have a total blast, and it turned out not to be the case. Uh Like, oh, this is a... When I started, I was sitting in a lot of meetings where people would argue about pages. Like, oh, we're doing our Father's Day special, and people would just... I spent all this time and I'm like, this is not efficient. Like, one of us should just make a call and do it. Like, it's not a science. There's not a right answer but everybody like it had doesn't to have work, a change say, it. you know, because you had all these stakeholders and all that. Ugh, I hate that sort of stuff. Stakeholders. Uh, well, we've got the, the product people, and then we've got the sales yeah. people, and then we got the editorial people. And then it's like, oh, kill me now. One of the best things I loved about Revision 3 is we had sales, but you only had one or two people that were attached to your group. So if there was a sales thing, you would just interact with them. It wasn't with that this one person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they would they would sit in the sales meeting and you know like this is what we're going to do and all that. That way you don't all of you have to sit right. and you know burn a burn an hour and a half out of your day sitting oh, in the meetings. Meeting. Meetings are the bane. Me I I don't understand how uh any developed country is productive given the amount of meetings that people have. It's like it's it's crazy. I mean, it's like it's like. Do you understand? Like, there's only so many hours in the day, and, and I need so to get so inefficient, with with exceptions. But they're they're so inefficient. Not we had Ugh. we had one where we, every week we had to go in and we had to give an example of something we thought we should look at as a company for video acquisition or or uh-huh. or some sort of partnership every freaking week. It's like, all right, here are my three choices. You know, one of them was FPS Russia, which is a guy who did a lot of uh, uh, first-person shooter games. But he also did a lot of firearms. He would you just kept shoot that at one things up every week. No, I brought it up once, and oh, okay. in each of those videos, at, this is back in the the like before the 2010s, uh, and it's like he got 1.5 million views, and it's like, whoa, this guy got one. It's like, yeah. Now can I go? <laughs> here's my here's someone you should talk to. Can I go now? 
Yeah, the the, the mandatory stuff like that. Oh, and, and when I would run meetings, I would make it a point to be like, we're not here to have a conversation. We're here to achieve this thing. So let's focus on that. And I would shut people down and be like, hey, that's a side that's that's a side conversation. We can have that conversation. And I'd try to assign it like, oh, you two should go, should talk to about, about that afterwards or come talk to me about that afterwards. But I tried very hard not to let the meeting get sidetracked because that to me was the worst when meetings would just kind of amble and like we're here to achieve one thing and we haven't achieved it. And yet we spent 45 minutes talking about things not related to it at all. It's one thing if you're doing that on purpose, if you're just hanging out at lunch and it's meandering. It's another thing if you're like making everybody sit in a conference room and look at you. And, lunch meetings are the worst. Uh, That's your well, no, one no, break from work. I wasn't even talking work. about lunch meetings. I was saying like if a bunch of you went to the crockery and sat over a burger and you meandered uh, and talked about stuff and, and that's different. Then like, oh, we're sitting in a meeting. Oh, no, no, no. But also, our yes, lunch meeting. Lunch meetings our are, a, that's another topic, which is, which is, lunch meetings are awful because people should be taking a break and eating their lunch. They shouldn't be having a meeting. Yeah. Well, our lunch meetings were, they would have like a catered lunch, which basically means croissant sandwiches. Right. And you would sit in the meeting room, have the exact same meeting. Other, It's like, why is this a thing? Yeah, because they, they had taken up so much of everyone's schedule with useless meetings that they had to schedule a meeting during your lunch. It's like, well, we brought pizza. It's like, eh. oh, pizza. <laughs> I love pizza, but pizza as a perk stops being a perk when it's like only it's associated tied to a with meeting. meetings. Yeah, I actually like the croissant eh. sandwiches. They were not. They weren't bad. I thought they were. I thought they were. Yeah, they're all right. They were. From I would have preferred the the place yeah. that did the cookies. I, I preferred. Uh, I preferred just like you know, thirty minutes on my own. Eating something else. Oh, away don't get from me wrong. Else. I would have liked to eat the croissant sandwich without being in the meeting, for sure. Uh, well, thanks, everybody, uh, for hanging out with us, as always. Uh, Subrilliant.com slash EMW to find all of our uh, episodes. And uh, we hope your job is satisfactory, at the very least. See you next time. Bye. Bye.